Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What is up guys? In today's video, I'm basically going to be going through like my first round rankings for Dynasty rookies. So you know like my top 12 overall players. This is going to be super flex. So you know quarterbacks are going to be weighted more highly. And so I already talked about like positional rankings, my top eight wide receivers, top eight running backs. And then I also went through my top six quarterbacks. But this is going to be all of those players put together pick 101 through pick 112. Tomorrow, I'll put out the second round. So it'll be 201 to 212. But now we're just going to be doing round one. So my top 12 players, and let's just jump right into it. Here at the 101, I have Traylon Burks. For me, he's just the best combination of ceiling and safety. You know, I've kind of seen a lot of arguments that this 101 spot should go to a running back or a quarterback because those are the prime positions, you know, for super flex fantasy football. And I do think that's the case, you know, I think running backs and quarterbacks, two most valuable positions. But if we're just looking at this draft class, it's fairly weak in terms of quarterbacks. You know, like, I don't think we're super confident that any of these guys are going to be fantastic hits. You know, you look back to last year, you had guys like Trevor Lawrence, you know, Trey Lance, I feel like, you know, a lot of people were pretty confident they were going to be solid. So right now, I would rather just go and get the safest option, who I still think can be a stud wide receiver, because Traylon Burks looks like he is set up to receive first-round draft capital. I already talked about the quarterback position, but for the running backs, it's also fairly weak because we don't have anyone that looks like they're going to be a locked-in first-round pick, or even like guaranteed to be second round. You know, last year with like Najee, Javante, all of those guys. We don't really have anyone of that caliber in this class. So I'd go for Burks, who I do think can be a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. You know, he was an early producer in college, and then he went out and dominated his sophomore and junior seasons. He's six foot three, 225 pounds. So just crazy, crazy size there. And then he has elite athleticism. He can win all over the field. You know, he excelled in the quick game, you know, with screen passes. He also was used in the run game on handoffs, but then he also has no problem winning deep and he can win in a variety of different ways. You know, he can go out, absolutely burn the corner, you know, leave him in the dust, or he can go up and secure some contested catches. He played primarily out of the slot in college, but I don't think he has any issue going and playing outside in the NFL. And so here I'm just going to be drafting for value. Another argument I've kind of been seeing is that, you know, you can go for a running back or a quarterback here and then go, you know, early second round and snag a solid receiver. And that is true, but I think you just draft best player available every single slot. So I'd rather just go out, you know, get a Traylon Burks. And then in the second round, if you know there's another stud wide receiver, I'll just pick them there too. I'm just not going to be reaching for these running backs or quarterbacks ahead of a guy like Traylon Burks, who I just think is an absolute stud. But after saying that here at the 102, I am going to the running back position with Brees Hall. For me, he is the top running back in this class. I really feel like in terms of draft capital, it's a toss-up between Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker. But for me, I think Brees Hall has the best opportunity to become a three-down back at the NFL level. You know, he showed the ability to do that in all three of his college seasons. He has the workhorse size at six foot one, 220 pounds. And he also is just a really solid athlete for that large frame. So I like Brees Hall here at the 102. Now at the 103, I have Malik Willis. 
He's my first quarterback off the board. And even though I talked about how I don't really love this quarterback class, I do think Malik Willis has the best opportunity at becoming a quarterback one for fantasy. So, you know, a top 12 guy. Right now, it looks like Willis is set up to be a mid to late first round pick. And then he has the luxury of being fantasy relevant, even if he doesn't become a very good NFL quarterback. A lot of the other guys in this class, you know, they're going to need to be a successful NFL quarterback to produce for fantasy football. Malik Willis does not need to do that because I think it's very possible Malik Willis can put up similar numbers to what we saw out of Jalen Hurts in the 2021 season. The difference is that Malik Willis is going to have higher draft capital, probably going to have a longer leash, you know, in order to perform. And I think he has a higher ceiling as a player because of that arm talent. So a lot of these other quarterbacks, you know, if they're just not great in the NFL, they're just not really going to be able to produce for fantasy. They're going to be like back-end QB2s at best. But for Malik Willis, he could honestly struggle as a real-life quarterback and still put up those fantasy numbers. But if he does hit, you know, you have a good quarterback who has that elite rushing upside up there with guys like Lamar Jackson, you know, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen in that range. Now at the 104, I have Isaiah Spiller. And like I mentioned with Brees Hall, I think Isaiah Spiller is going to be in the same range for draft capital. I think Isaiah Spiller also has three down potential. He's another guy who did it all three years in college. He had a consistent role in the receiving game, which should definitely help him at the NFL level. And then the workhorse size, six foot one, 225 pounds. I think Spiller's probably largest concern is that his vision, you know, can be a little bit spotty at times. He tends to be a little bit too patient behind the line of scrimmage. But I mean, really all that goes away and he's going to be up here if he can receive, you know, second round draft capital or maybe even third, depending on where these other guys go. Because if he is going that early, he's likely going to be given the opportunity to lead a backfield. And as we know, you don't even need to be, you know, a great NFL running back to be a workhorse and to be an RB1 for fantasy. Now moving over to the 105, I have Garrett Wilson, just a very, very well-rounded wide receiver out of Ohio State. He broke out as a sophomore and then dominated as a junior. That junior season, he caught 70 passes, 1,134 total yards, and then 13 touchdowns in just 11 games. Right now, I think it's a very close call between Garrett Wilson and Drake London. If you guys saw my wide receiver rankings, I believe I ranked Drake London ahead of Garrett Wilson. You know, these are going to be evolving, you know, every day, every week, every month leading up to the draft, and maybe even after. But I did have London ahead. But just looking at the general landscape of the fantasy community, I think a lot of people value Garrett Wilson slightly higher than Drake London. So it's not a huge difference for me. But when you're just looking at value, you know, like I'm not going to draft someone way early just because I have them ranked there. If I can get them a few spots lower, because that's how everyone else is kind of viewing their value. So I put Garrett Wilson ahead here, but really you could go with either guy. And as you can see onto the 106, this is where I have Drake London. And just kind of to expand on that point, you know, like when I'm making my positional rankings, I think it is very important to factor in the general fantasy football, you know, consensus because it helps create a solid balance between my evaluation and then just overall value. Like, for example, I think a good, you know, kind of player to look at would be Christian McCaffrey for Dynasty. So McCaffrey has really fallen off in terms of how people have kind of viewed him for Dynasty. You know, like he went from a 
probably the 101, you know, like two years ago to now he's going at like the back end of the second round. If I was, you know, just going to value Christian McCaffrey, I think he'd probably be like my RB3, you know, in that range, which would definitely be much higher than a late second round pick. But I'm not going to go out and draft him, you know, mid to late first round pick if he's going to fall there. So instead, you know, maybe I pick him mid second, early second, because I'm still, you know, getting a deal on him for my analysis. But I'm also, you know, understanding overall value and not just kind of wasting picks. But shifting over to Drake London, I'm still a big fan of him. And I've seen him going in mock drafts like late first round. If I can get him there, you know, in most leagues, I'm probably going to have a ton of shares of him. He broke out as a true freshman, put together three very successful seasons. He's six foot five, 210 pounds, fantastic contested catchability, but he can also create separation in the quick passing game, and he should be receiving first round draft capital. So really just a really solid all around profile for Drake London. And now onto the 107, I have Matt Corral. I think at the quarterback position, he's a solid combination of draft capital and ceiling because all signs are pointing to him being a first round pick, but he can also produce with his legs. In 2020, he rushed for 506 yards and four touchdowns. And then in 2021, 614 yards and 11 touchdowns. He really took a big jump from that 2020 season to 2021 as he kept much better care of the football and then also just flashed his overall arm talent. You know, size is a concern because of how physical he plays. But, you know, in this class, I've mentioned it, all these quarterbacks, you know, kind of have their own downsides. So you got to take the good with the bad. Now at 108, I have Kenneth Walker, and he's kind of going to wrap up the big three running backs in this class. You know, some people do view Kenneth Walker as the RB1, and it's totally possible he is the first one picked in the NFL draft. It's just for me, I think Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller have much clearer paths to three down workloads. My biggest concern with Kenneth Walker is that he was just non-existent in the passing game. So in three seasons, Walker only caught 19 passes. Those other two running backs caught more than 19 passes in like all three of their seasons. And you know, it is possible he totally has the skill set. He just wasn't utilized. But I mean, he played at two schools and having played at both Wake Forest and Michigan State, I feel like if, you know, this was a strength of his, we just would have had to seen it a little bit more because I can't imagine, you know, both those schools were just like, oh, we have a really solid receiving back. Let's just not throw him the ball. So that's why he's going to fall just a little bit lower than some of those other running backs. Now, moving over to the 109, I have Jamison Williams. He's kind of got an interesting, you know, college arc. He started his collegiate career at Ohio State, was there for two years, and basically had zero production, barely got on the field, was kind of buried on the depth chart. Then he transfers to Alabama and just absolutely kills it. His junior year, caught 79 passes for 1,572 yards and 15 touchdowns in 15 games. We know Jamison Williams has that elite top-tier speed. Apparently at the Combine, he was like in the range of running a sub 4-3 40-yard dash. That would be absolutely wild. But unfortunately, we, you know, we won't get to see that test because he did tear his ACL in the college championship. So it's probably likely he's going to miss time in the 2022 season or at least, you know, be very limited to start it off. It's probably going to be tough, you know, to get in and make an immediate impact when you're a rookie who hasn't gone through, you know, all the preseason things. 
but I still expect him to be a first round pick, get that nice draft capital. And I think he's still going to be, you know, a mid to late first round dynasty pick. If he's a later first round pick, I'd feel fine pulling the trigger. I do think he may, you know, get snagged early on just because he is so flashy and people love to kind of chase the, you know, the next Tyree kill because he is an absolute speed demon. But that's going to lead us here into the 110 where I have Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. And I think I'm likely going to be lower than consensus on Pickett. A lot of people view him as the most NFL-ready quarterback in this class, and I'm not really disputing that. You know, it could totally be true. I just don't see much of a ceiling here for Mr. Kenny Pickett. I've already been kind of skeptical about the potential hit rates for all of these quarterbacks, even guys I have ahead of Pickett like Corral and Willis. So if I'm skeptical about them even hitting as like a solid starting quarterback, I need to be targeting the ones who have those high ceilings because of that rushing ability. And I just, you know, think Willis and Corral have significantly higher ceilings over Kenny Pickett. But even though he doesn't have, you know, some elite ceiling, if he gets first round draft capital in the NFL draft, I do think he definitely deserves to be a first round rookie pick. Then at the 111, I have another quarterback and that is Sam Howell. I mentioned how I'm probably lower than consensus on Kenny Pickett. I bet I am higher than consensus on Sam Howell, even after a down 2021 season. You know, for me, Howell's great 2019 and 2020 seasons just give me a lot of confidence with him moving forward. It is very rare for freshman quarterbacks to come in and make an immediate impact, but that is exactly what Howell did as a freshman. He threw for 3,641 yards, 38 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. And even in that down 2021 season, he showed a drastically improved playmaking ability on the ground. You know, after basically being a non-factor in the run game, in 2021, he rushed for 828 yards and 11 touchdowns. So Sam Howell is a guy I definitely think I'm going to have, you know, at least a few shares of, because I bet he's going to fall more into the second round, just because he's probably not going to have the draft capital of a guy like Pickett, Corral, or Willis. And now the final pick of the first round, the 112, I have David Bell. And that is going to wrap up round one with arguably the most well-rounded wide receiver in this class. He's probably not going to show up to the combine and put up, you know, exceptional numbers, especially compared to guys like Traylon Burks and some of the other studs in this class. But despite lacking, you know, just that raw athleticism, he still has a really solid six foot two, 205 pound frame. And he excels in a bunch of other areas. He's very physical. His off-the-line releases are very clean. And he also just has great body control. Bell is one of the only wide receivers in this class to put up top-tier production in every single one of their college seasons. So as a freshman, David Bell caught 86 passes for 1,035 yards and 7 touchdowns. Like, that would be, you know, a really strong performance for a junior, you know, entering the NFL draft. And David Bell did that as a freshman. Right now, it looks like he is going to be a day two pick. But you never know, you know, maybe he shoots up. Maybe he falls a little bit. We still don't know how that is going to shake out over the next few months. But right now, I do like him here at the 112. And that is going to wrap it up for my first round rankings. If you guys enjoy this video, do me a favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel and then stay tuned because tomorrow I'm going to be putting out round two. So pick 201 through pick 212. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.